The following episode of Lyrics of Their Life podcast deals with serious issues such as drug references, sexual references and violence that may be distressing to some listeners. It is not suitable for children. Listener discretion is advised. Hi everyone, and welcome back to Lyrics of Their Life, the podcast that talks about the extraordinary lives lived by those that wrote or performed the songs we know and love. I'm your host Adam Hampton, and in today's episode, we jump right back into the story of Jeff Buckley, as we analyse the incredible and haunting album, Grace. So without further ado, let's get back into the story. This is part two of the story of Jeff Buckley. This is Lyrics of Their Life. Prince has died at the age of 57. This is it. Sorry, Gary, but I was always the talented member of the band. Keep going, little girl. I will hit a man with glasses. I'm really happy for you. I'm let you finish. But Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. Former Beatle John Lennon, who was 40, was shot and killed last night outside his luxury apartment in New York. Asbeans shouldn't present fucking awards to Gunnabees. Leave Billy alone! On the 23rd of August, 1994, just as Jeff had travelled to Ireland to play a gig in Dublin club known as Whelan's, his debut album titled Grace was released to the world. It wouldn't take too long for the album to be praised by critics and snapped up by listeners from all around the world. In Australia in particular, Grace was huge, and the success of the album saw it rise to number 9 in Australia, where over 550,000 records were sold there, taking the album to 7 times platinum in the country. Grace would also chart at number 14 in Ireland and 31 in the UK, and despite being an American musician and eventually selling 1 million copies in the US, Grace only managed to make it to the lowly number of 149 on the US Billboard 200 chart and wouldn't reach gold status in the US until after his death. In total, over the years, Grace would sell over 2.5 million copies around the world. The themes of the Grace album surrounded relationship issues and included bittersweet lyrics detailing pain, love, and proved that Jeff had paved his own path instead of following his father Tim Buckley's lead. The haunting vocals of Jeff Buckley, along with his instrumental brilliance and exceptional songwriting ability, saw him be praised by celebrities and fellow musicians, some of which Jeff had looked up to in the past 
and had been influenced by. Led Zeppelin members Robert Plan and Jimmy Page were especially in awe of Jeff's incredible talent after seeing him perform live, with Jimmy Page claiming that Grace was close to his favourite album of the decade of the 90s. While actor Brad Pitt was a huge superfan of Jeff's, often attending his live gigs, stating, quote, There's an undercurrent to his music, there's something you can't pinpoint, like the best of films or the best of art, there's something going on underneath, and there's a truth there, and I find his stuff absolutely haunting, it's just, it's under my skin. While Brad Pitt also claimed that Jeff Buckley was Jimmy Page and Robert Plant rolled into one. David Bowie was also a fan, claiming that Grace, in his opinion, was quite possibly one of the best albums to ever be made. Alanis Morissette and Chris Cornell of Soundgarden were also huge fans of Jeff Buckley, with Chris Cornell claiming that Jeff was a brilliant and underrated guitarist, while Bob Dylan was quoted as saying that Jeff is one of the greatest songwriters of this decade. At the conclusion of 1994, Grace was named number one on Mojo Magazine's Top 25 Albums of the Year, as well as ranking within the top 10 in a number of other magazines and publications for Album of the Year for 1994, including Entertainment Weekly in the US, I Weekly in Canada, Melody Maker and Rock Sound in the UK, and Technicard in France. During August in 1994, as Jeff travelled around the UK and the Netherlands, touring and promoting his debut album Grace, the first single, titled Grace, from the album of the same name, was also released to the public. While the song Grace at the time failed to chart successfully around the world, it did however receive a fair amount of radio airtime in Australia, where it later charted at number 91 on the ARIA chart. Instrumentally, the song was structured around an instrumental song by his friend and fellow guitarist Gary Lucas, called Rise Up To Be, with Gary joining Jeff on guitar for the recording of Grace. When talking to Uncut Magazine, Gary Lucas said, quote, I would compile pieces onto tape and mail them to Jeff in LA. Jeff called me as soon as he got them and said, They're beautiful. I'm going to go work on them. He came over next time he was in New York on a very humid, steamy night and said, You know that one called Rise Up To Be? Now it's called Grace. He whipped out a notebook and started singing. We were on the same wavelength. It was like a supernatural collaboration. Jeff's vocals were incredible on this track as he utilises his voice like an instrument throwing his voice around, and it was a perfect introduction for many of his new listeners, with the song still remaining a popular fan favourite to this very day. Jeff wrote the song about a particular rainy day at an airport, where he farewelled his girlfriend at the time in the pouring rain, with Jeff quoted as saying, at a show at Chennai, it's about not feeling so bad about your mortality when you have true love. In a 1994 interview with Much Music, J. 
Jeff spoke wittily about the meaning behind the song, as he was quoted as saying, The song itself is about, It's an elegy to no one. I always describe it as not fearing anything, anyone, any man, any woman, any war, any gun, any sling or arrow aimed at your heart by other people because there is somebody, finally, who loves you for real and that you can achieve a real state of grace through somebody else's love in you. Everybody knows what it's like to create an artistic moment because it's really just heightened humanism, just a heightened human language. Grace is what matters in anything, especially life, especially growth, tragedy, pain, love, death, about people, that's what matters. That's a quality I admire very greatly. It keeps you from reaching for the gun too quickly. It keeps you from destroying things too foolishly. It sort of keeps you alive, and it keeps you open for more understanding. In another interview... Jeff spoke about not fearing death and that life at times dragged on for him, as he was quoted as saying, It's about not fearing death or fearing any of those countless slings and arrows that you suffer sometimes on this earth because somebody loves you. You're not afraid to go and it's just about life sometimes being so long. At the time, I was anticipating leaving Los Angeles for New York So I was waiting to go. I'm not afraid to go. I'm not afraid to die. I'm not afraid to go away from this place or from any place. But it just goes so slow. And I had somebody who loved me in New York. A lot. And it was amazing. It still is. With comments like these, some wondered whether Jeff was suffering at the time from depression with him saying that life was too long. From September 1994 to January 1995, Jeff went on his biggest tour yet, travelling to the UK, US, Germany, the Netherlands, France and Canada. Then during January 1995, the second single from Grace was released titled Last Goodbye. This alternative rock and folk ballad would become yet another huge hit, with Jeff's fans, and was his most successful single release in the US during his career, reaching number 19 on the US alternative chart, while it also charted at number 54 on the UK singles chart, and number 88 in Australia, where it was once again a huge radio hit on Triple J Radio, which led to the song reaching number 3 on the radio station's 20-year celebration of the Triple J Hottest 100. Once again, Jeff's pure vocals were on display, showing just how talented he was. Last Goodbye was first recorded in a demo session during 1990 and was originally titled Unforgiven and included a more upbeat rock style compared to the ballad version we know so well today. Like the song Grace, Last Goodbye also deals with the theme of loss and losing a loved one. The song delves into Jeff and his girlfriend loving each other, but coming to the realisation that they aren't good together, which results in their relationship becoming toxic towards the end. The track would go on to be renowned as one of the best breakup songs of all time. The brilliant lyrics in Last Goodbye 
detail the tragedy of their relationship breaking down, as Jeff appears sad to see their relationship coming to an end, before realising it wouldn't work anyway, as he sings the lines, This is our last goodbye, I hate to feel the love between us die, but it's over, just hear this and then I'll go, you gave me more to live for, more than you'll ever know, this is our last embrace, must I dream and always see your face, why can't we overcome this wall, baby, maybe it's just because you didn't know you at all, kiss me, please kiss me, but kiss me out of desire, not consolation, you know it makes me so angry, cause I know that in time, I'll only make you cry, this is our last goodbye, did you say, no, this can't happen to me, did you rush to the phone to call, was there a voice unkind in the back of your mind, saying maybe you didn't know him at all? You didn't know him at all. From the end of January to June 1995, Jeff continued to tour his new album, travelling to Japan for the first time, as well as performing shows in France, Germany, Denmark, the Netherlands, Belgium, the UK, US, Canada and even Ireland where he was extremely popular at the time. Then in June 1995, Jeff would release his third single, From Grace, titled, So Real. So Real would go down as an underrated masterpiece that, believe it or not, failed to chart worldwide. Despite this, So Real was a huge hit amongst Jeff Buckley fans, as they enjoyed the unique sound of Michael Tyre's guitar playing alongside Jeff's, as well as Jeff's haunting vocals that would fluctuate between soft ballad style vocals to alternative rock screams and howls. Instrumentally and vocally, So Real would fuse Jeff's influences of Led Zeppelin and The Smiths with a similar sound to band Faith No More, but with Jeff's own unique style. This track especially garnered people's attention, and critics alike, comparing Jeff to the likes of Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin, as Jeff displayed glimpses of Plant's vocal style and technique. So Real would actually replace the track Forget Her on the Grace album, which was also a great track, that looking back, probably should have been included also. So Real delves into a relationship of Jeff's where he struggles to commit and completely let himself fall for the woman in question. With many fans believing that So Real and Last Goodbye was actually about Liz Fraser and Jeff's struggles with committing to their relationship. Jeff never revealed too much about the true meaning behind this track but if you take a look at the lyrics closely, it's almost as if Jeff is describing this experience as if it all just happened in a dream, as if you woke up thinking, it all seems so real. Writing songs based off of his dreams was a common practice for Jeff, as Mojo Pin was also written like this. As Jeff sings the lines, Love, let me sleep tonight on your couch, and remember the smell of the fabric, of your simple city dress. Jeff can then be heard singing the chorus before continuing on with, We walked around till the moon got full like a plate, 
and the wind blew an invocation, and I fell asleep at the gate. Jeff then enters the chorus, where he hauntingly howls and sings the lines, Oh, that was so real, repeating the lines, as if the dream he had just had felt like he was sharing a beautiful night out with his girlfriend. The tone of the song then appears to shift to a more negative and fearful outlook as Jeff struggles to fully express his love for the woman after perhaps getting his heart broken in the past as he sings the line and I never stepped on the cracks cause I thought I'd hurt my mother and I couldn't awake from the nightmare that sucked me in and pulled me under pulled me under I love you but I'm afraid to love you the line referring to Jeff never stepping on cracks as he didn't want to hurt his mother relates to the old saying of step on a crack, break your mother's back, which is a superstition that becomes somewhat of a children's game built on paranoia that if you stepped on a crack on a footpath that it would potentially break your mother's back. So in order to avoid this, you would have to attempt to avoid the cracks on the footpath. In relation to the song, this could mean Jeff is paranoid about doing the wrong thing and messing up what he has with the woman in question, as he is struggling to fully commit to her. What was also alarming was that Jeff mentioned a nightmare that he couldn't wake from, where he was sucked in and pulled under, which of course relates to water. Could it be that Jeff dreamt of his impending death in the near future, and jotted down his experience in the lyrics, attempting to use it metaphorically to describe the fears of committing in the relationship. I guess, though, we'll never truly know. Michael Ty was brought in late for the recording of this track, and revealed that he actually came up with the guitar part to the song in his early teens, and that he had held on to it for many years, as he was quoted as saying, I composed the chord progression for So Real when I was 14 or 15, when I first met Jeff. I played that for him and he was really taken with it. A year or two later, at some of the rehearsals for their first tour, he was like, remember that song you played me on your bed a couple of years ago at your parents' place? So I started playing it and he got behind the drums and came up with the beat and started singing the melody of the chorus. We did so real in an afternoon. That night, Jeff was feverishly writing in his notepad. Then he took a walk around Hell's Kitchen, came back, and recorded the vocals for it. So I think he wrote most of the lyrics that night. It was pretty beautiful, the way it all came together so quickly. Jeff was believed to have really loved this song, and loved the way it all came together with the four members, including Michael, being a part of it. He said his vocals were recorded at 3 in the morning and were completed live in just one take. From July through to the end of August, Jeff toured Europe before heading down under to Australia for a couple of shows in Melbourne and Sydney for the very first time. Jeff was especially welcomed with open arms into Australia as his popularity perhaps was the biggest here compared to other countries as Jeff received plenty of airtime on radio, especially on Triple J, which was known at the time for playing alternative music and artists who hadn't exactly gone mainstream. 
Jeff would experiment with his great vocal range during these gigs, and especially attracted female fans. Being a good-looking man that could play guitar and had an amazing voice, that would almost put his audience into a trance, so the fans would just go nuts for him. But believe it or not, he was actually very insecure and self-conscious about his appearance, often downplaying compliments about his looks in interviews. Jeff enjoyed playing here in Australia, as he was more renowned than his father Tim Buckley was, and it took a lot of pressure off of his back. He loved the laid-back people and lifestyle, and felt quite relaxed in that environment. One thing Jeff struggled to cope with, however, was when fans got right up in his face, and when they were so obsessive to the point where it invaded his privacy and personal space. Despite this, he did love and appreciate his fans and found the worst part of all to be the media and the critics that he said would bore him with their negative reviews when they hadn't even been to a live gig of his. Jeff would struggle in interviews, often coming across as awkward due to this reason, as he lacked trust for journalists who were often out to catch him out on something to get their next big story. When Jeff would perform, many would describe the experience as transcendent and mesmerising. Jeff really moved the audience through his haunting vocals, drawing the crowd in with his music and on-stage presence. Those that attended his shows could feel that he had a star quality or aura or energy about him, and many predicted that he would do huge things in the industry. Drummer Matt Johnson described the way Jeff would cast a spell over the audience by saying, quote, He could awaken people's sense of who they were and their own passions. As Jeff continued to impress the Aussies on tour, he released his fourth single, From Grace, titled Eternal Life, which would be arguably one of his best lyrical and poetic pieces of music yet as he sings about all the injustice in the world and tackles big issues such as equality and politics. The song featured a heavier rock approach to other tracks and was again influenced by Led Zeppelin. Eternal Life would only chart in Australia at number 44 and would again become another classic fan favourite. The song delves into the abuse of power by the wealthy elites, who use the everyday working class person as a pawn in their corrupt games through things like war as they sit back and profit while the everyday person struggles. When speaking about the meaning behind the song, a passionate and frustrated Jeff was quoted as saying, It's about the man that shot Martin Luther King, World War II, slaughter in Guyana, and the Manson murders. This is a song about... It's an angry song. Life's too short and too complicated for people behind desks and people behind masks to be ruining other people's lives. Initiating force against other people's lives on the basis of their income, their colour, their class, their religious beliefs, their whatever. In the lyrics, Jeff appears to speak directly to those wealthy elites, hell-bent on power, destruction at the misfortune of the everyday average citizen, and also condemns those who hate on others. Jeff believes that if they don't turn away from these nasty and corrupt ways, that the only place for them is hell, 
and that they will not be deserving of or receive eternal life when their time to die comes. As Jeff sings the brilliant poetic lines, eternal life is now on my trail, got my red glitter coffin, man, just need one last nail. While all these ugly gentlemen play out their foolish games, there's a flaming red horizon that screams our names. And as your fantasies are broken in two, did you really think this bloody road would pave the way for you? You better turn around and blow your kiss hello to life eternal. Racist everyman, what have you done? Man, you've made a killer of your unborn son. Crown my fear, you're king at the point of a gun. All I want to do is love everyone. This line in particular is especially powerful, as Jeff explains that by being a racist person and passing these beliefs down to your children, that they'll never learn any better and will continue to carry these beliefs with them and then pass them on to their children and so on as the cycle continues and therefore things will never change. Jeff continues on by mentioning the questions we should really be asking ourselves in what short time we do have here on earth but that instead we are so consumed by our own selfishness, by hating on others and working ourselves to the bone for money, that we never really notice the bigger picture, and that we really should treat one another with love and respect. As Jeff sings the lines, There's no time for hatred, only questions. What is love? Where is happiness? What is life? Where is peace? When will I find the strength to bring me release? Tell me where is the love in what your prophet has said? Man, it sounds to me like a prison for the walking dead. I've got a message for you and your twisted hell. You better turn around and blow your kiss goodbye to life eternal. The rest of the Grace album was also a work of art, with incredible covers of Hallelujah and Lilac Wine. Corpus Christi Carol, and originals like Mojo Pin, Lover You Should Have Come Over, and Dream Brother. Jeff's cover of Hallelujah, of course, would go down as one of the greatest cover songs of all time, and in some people's opinions, was even better than the original, as Jeff sung clearly and sincerely, whereas Leonard Cohen was criticised for mumbling the lyrics in a more depressive tone when compared to Jeff. At the time Hallelujah was released with the album, it didn't chart and actually wasn't popular at all until after Jeff's death. Sadly, Jeff wouldn't really get to see how much people enjoyed the song or appreciated his version, as it would later reach number two in the UK in 2006 to 2007, thanks to Jeff's version being included on a number of film and TV show soundtracks. Jeff's version of Hallelujah also charted at number two on the French and US digital sales charts and sold close to three million copies of the single worldwide. Over time, Jeff's version of Hallelujah would feature on the 2004 Rolling Stone magazine's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time list, coming in at 259, and in 2009, Triple J Radio in Australia would rank the song at number 3 for the Triple J Hottest 100 of all time list. 
Originally, it was performed and written by Leonard Cohen about a relationship where the love he shared for a woman had gone stale and somewhat toxic, as well as also including religious imagery in the track. Jeff was inspired more so by a version that he heard performed by John Cale that included different verses to Leonard Cohen's. Jeff had learnt to sing the song one night after a gig at Shanae's, and after someone suggested that it should be on his upcoming album, Jeff agreed that it would be a great idea, and decided to record it. Jeff would of course do the song justice by performing one of the most haunting renditions of the track that was ever recorded, almost as if he was born to sing this song. From his soft-spoken vocals, accompanied by his soothing guitar playing, to his gradually building howling and wailing screams of emotion and pain, Jeff earned the respect of people from all over the world, sending shivers down the spines of his listeners as he hit every note with pure perfection. Usually most performers would end their shows with a loud and thrilling track, but Jeff would close out his live shows with Hallelujah, and it was said that you could hear a pin drop as everyone intently drew their attention to Jeff's haunting vocals in what was often described as a heavenly rendition. Another great track from Grace was titled Mojo Pin, and as mentioned earlier, it was written alongside Gary Lucas in the Shanae days. Jeff wrote the song based off of a dream he had about falling in love with an African-American woman and an addiction to drugs, with the mojo pin title being a way to describe a needle laced with heroin, as Jeff was believed to have actually dabbled in the use of heroin from time to time, with some even claiming at one stage that he was addicted to the drug. Jeff was also known to have used marijuana and hashish, but never really confirmed or denied his use of heroin, no matter how much the media attempted to get an answer out of him. Some close to him claim that Jeff even refrained from drug use as he was wary of meeting the same fate as his father Tim, who of course passed away from a heroin overdose himself. During this period of the 90s, heroin was seen as the popular rock and roll drug of choice, which of course was linked to Kurt Cobain, so it's likely the temptation was there. When speaking about the song Mojo Pin, Jeff was quoted as saying, Plainly speaking, it's a euphemism for a dropper full of smack that you shoot in your arm. While Jeff continued to describe the meaning behind the song in another interview, saying, quote, Sometimes, if somebody you feel you need, the whole universe tells you that you have to have her. You start watching her favourite TV shows all night. You start buying her the things she needs. You start drinking her drinks. You start smoking her bad cigarettes. You start picking up her nuances in her voice. You sleep in safe sometimes, the most dangerous thing. This is called Mojo Pin. The track Lover You Should Have Come Over is believed to have been written about Jeff's ex-girlfriend, Rebecca Moore. As Jeff expresses how his inexperience and sometimes lack of maturity when it comes to love and relationships perhaps caused them to drift apart, as well as in previous failed relationships, such as with Liz Fraser. 
Now, after losing the woman in question, perhaps being Rebecca, Jeff has come to the realisation that he still loves her and wants to give it another try to attempt to commit to her as he feels she may be the one that he has been searching for. Jeff also sings a further two covers on the album, including Corpus Christi Carol, originally by Benjamin Britten, as a tribute to Jeff's friend Roy Rollo, who had introduced the song to him in high school, as Jeff describes the tale behind the song as, quote, The carol is a fairy tale about a falcon who takes the beloved of the singer to an orchid. The singer goes looking for her and arrives at a chamber where his beloved lies next to a bleeding knight and a tomb with Christ's body in it. While the brilliant cover of Lilac Wine, written by James Shelton, was included on the album, as Jeff loved the version performed by Nina Simone, compared to the many other versions out there, as he described her version by stating, That's the be-all, end-all version. She's the king. Lilac Wine once again delves into relationship woes after their lover once left them, as the character in the song takes comfort in and becomes drunk off of wine made from the lilac tree. Usually purple in colour, the flower of the lilac tree could be used as a sweetener in honey and other foods. The final track included on the 1994 version of Grace was titled Dream Brother and was written by Jeff with his bandmates Matt Johnson and Mick Grondahl during a jam session. In this popular fan favourite track, Jeff sings about his good long-time friend from LA, Chris Dowd, formerly of the band Fishbone, who was contemplating walking out on his relationship with his pregnant girlfriend, as Jeff pleads for him to stay for the child's sake, as he knows what it's like being the kid with the father who walked out on him. As Jeff sings the lines, Don't be like the one who made me so old. Don't be like the one who left behind his name, cause they're waiting for you, like I waited for mine, and nobody ever came. Which of course meant, don't be like my father Tim Buckley, as I had to become a man and grow up way before I should have had to, as my father wasn't there. When speaking about Dream Brother, Jeff was quoted as saying, It's a song about a friend of mine who's led a rather excessive life. He is in trouble. This song is for him. I know what self-destruction can lead to, and I have tried to warn him. But I am one big hypocrite, because when I called him up and told him about the song I'd written, that same night, I took an overdose of hash and woke up the next day feeling terrible. It's very hard not to give in to one's negative feelings. Life is total chaos. As touched on earlier... The one track excluded from the album was titled Forget Her, as Jeff found the track to be lacking the same lyrical quality as the other tracks on Grace. The song did, however, pop up years after his death in 2004 when a legacy edition of Grace was released featuring Forget Her as an 11th track. This, however, angered many fans who believed it was simply a cash grab by the record label and that the label had gone against Jeff's wishes to leave the track off of the album. 
Despite this, the song is of great quality and sees Jeff sing about the raw pain of a fresh breakup and attempting to move on. As in the song Forget Her, Jeff attempts to tell himself that the woman in question was no good for him anyway, despite obviously still having feelings for her, as he weeps for her and battles with his thoughts at that moment, as you feel like you've finally gotten over someone and then those emotions start flooding back again. As he sings the lines, While this town is busy sleeping, all the noise has died away. I walk the streets to stop my weeping, cause she'll never change her ways. Don't fool yourself, she was a heartache from the moment that you met her. My heart feels so still, as I try to find the will to forget her. Somehow, I think I've forgotten her now. Just as Jeff believes he has to move on, those feelings and frustrations start arising again as he now reveals that his lover had been unfaithful and despite her betrayal, he still struggles to let her go as he is hurt and confused as he sings, She's somewhere out there now, while my tears falling down as I try to forget. Her love was a joke from the day that we met. All of the words, all of her men... All of my pain when I think back to when. Remember her hair as it shone in the sun. The smell of the bed when I knew what she'd done. Tell yourself over and over, you won't ever need her again. But don't fool yourself, she was heartache from the moment that you met her. With Grace now out in the world, Jeff would struggle to come to terms with his sudden rise to popularity. And as he continued to tour his debut album Grace... Jeff would be faced with a new set of challenges, including band riffs, realisations about his own father, tested relationships, and his second follow-up album, which would all lead to his tragic and untimely death. Tune in for part 3 to discover what the final year of Jeff's life entailed, and the legacy and legend that would stem from his passing. Thank you for tuning into that episode. Don't forget to check out our other episodes, ranging from Kurt Cobain and Freddie Mercury to Prince, Chasey Chapman and Stevie Nicks, and up and comers like Youngblood, Tones and I, and The Kid Leroy. For more information regarding this episode, including weekly updates and more, head to our Facebook page at Lyrics of Their Life Podcast or our website at lyricsoftheirlife.com. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and even YouTube and Spotify, where you can find a range of playlists featuring the music of every artist covered in the Lyrics of Their Life podcast so far. If you really enjoy the podcast and would like to give back for the hard work that goes into it, it would be greatly appreciated if you could leave a five-star rating and review on iTunes, or you can now rate the podcast on Spotify. Don't forget to let your friends and family know about what they've been missing out on and feel free to click the free subscribe or follow button to the podcast wherever you listen so you can receive a notification every time a new episode becomes available. If you would like to support the podcast financially then please feel free to head to Patreon or buymeacoffee.com where you can contribute your support for the podcast in exchange for some bonus content ranging from as little as $1 donations to really anything you like. 
Every bit of support is greatly appreciated, and it means I can continue to bring you more great episodes in the future. This podcast is created and researched completely independently, so your contribution would really help this podcast continue on. Once again, thank you all for listening. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I'm your host Adam Hampton, and this is Lyrics of Their Life.